UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Intro. Okay, we're recording and I should have the intro. The typical skeptic podcast. I have another fascinating guest with me today. Um, you may have seen her on Coast to Coast AM. You might have seen her on Journey to Truth or Fade to Black with Jimmy Church. Um, she's the owner of the Unex Network, um, Margie Kay. I mean, she's she's been on many other shows too. She's a uh, she's a remote a stellar remote viewer, not just a remote viewer. I would say a stellar remote viewer. She's an author. She's the author of the books Kansas City UFO Flap, the Remote Viewing Workbook. And another great good one that we're going to talk about is the Sonoma County phenomenon, evidence of an interdimensional gateway. She's been uh, privy to like all kinds of like, you know, paranormal phenomena. And she really encompasses all of the paranormal, you know, like talking about all areas of it. So I'm really excited to talk to her tonight. And she has a YouTube channel, which I'm going to put in the in the links. She, she has a YouTube channel as well. And I want to give her a big warm welcome to the show. Margie, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Robert? I'm good. You have the same name as my mother, so um, that's really oh. cool. Yeah. Um, well, you can't so, forget uh, it then. <laughs> yeah. So one thing, before we get into uh, the – I guess the where I wanted to start off was you have a new book out, that, and I didn't hear you talk about that much in your Journey to Truth interview. You wrote it with Debbie Ziegelmeyer. Is that out yet, and what is it about? It was just released a few days ago, and it's called the uh, 50th Anniversary of the Southeast Missouri Ozarks UFO Flap, which is a very long name, but we had to make it that way to include all of those areas. And it is about uh, an event that occurred, well, multiple events, starting in 1973 in the Piedmont area and, and Southeast Missouri, including Farmington, Wayne County over to um, even over to the east, uh, Cape Girardeau, where there were multiple UFO sightings. And there were over 500 sightings, in fact, that were reported to police at that time wow. between 73 and 74. And even, I mean, this news went nationwide. Uh, it was on Walter Cronkite. I remember at the time listening to Walter Cronkite and seeing that. And, and just being fascinated by it. And at that time period, it there was not really a stigma attached to sightings, so people were willing to talk about it. 
they had a little bit of negative feedback from it. But then as the years went on, people quit talking about it. So the thing, the fact is that it's still going on in that area, multiple UFO sightings. And uh, Dr. Harley Rutledge investigated. He was uh, a professor at a nearby college and he and his students created teams over a seven year period where they investigated on site and he concluded that there were anomalous things happening and they could not explain what was being seen, mainly these unexplained lights that would appear. And uh, so he got records of it and then he created a book called um, Project Identification. And that is out of print, but you can, you know, you can get a copy of it. And there's also a way to see it. I think it's on uh, Google where you can see it at, at no charge and you can look at it. So that's what that book is about. Are you and uh, are you and both are you and Debbie both um, directors of MoveOn? Yes, Debbie is the state director for Missouri MoveOn, and I'm the assistant state director. And we've been working together since 2009. Yeah, I've had her on my show. Um, I had her on her show about to talk about USOs, her book on USOs, the, um, yes. which I think are fascinating too. You know, she's a really nice person. Like I, uh, I got along with her really well. Um, I didn't know that you knew each other until I heard that you guys wrote a book together. I think that's really awesome. Like I, I I'd like to get more involved and move on myself here. I'm in Pittsburgh. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I gotta look up my local chapter and move on. Like, what would you say before we get into all the cool ET stuff? Like, what would you say like the like the real benefits of MUFON are? Like, I mean, like I know they have the experience or resource team, um, but if you could just talk about that for a second. Yeah, I'm I'm a member of the experience or resource team as well, and I've been an investigator for years. Uh, the thing about MUFON is that when you file a report, it's going to be investigated. There's an investigator will be assigned to your case and it will be looked into. And, and what we do when we investigate, we look at every possible thing we can to rule out a mundane explanation first. So we have a scientific approach to it. We're going to look at uh, flight radar 24 to see if there were any planes in the area at that time, helicopters, anything that's in the air, even balloons uh, will be, uh, on flight radar. And then we look at, uh, the weather. So that's, you know, one of the first things that we put in, we put the exact location in. And, uh, if we have video from the witness, which is extremely important, of course, pictures are always good, but video is best. And the reason is that we can get a lot more information from that. And, uh, follow it frame by frame. We can take that video apart. We've got a video analysis team in the Midwest area where in Missouri and Illinois, and this team works together on our cases. So if we get a good case with a good video, we always send it to them so that they can analyze it. And these guys are real experts in the field. Uh, the other thing we have uh, that's unique is that we've got our own lab which started in Missouri and it, and it is actually in Missouri in Imperial in that area. And, uh, but it now serves all of MUFON. So any state director can send uh, uh, any samples that they've collected and send them into the lab for analysis. 
So that's what makes yeah. us different than other organizations. Yeah. So it's more for like people who are looking to get into research. And I just had Jesse Peak on my show yesterday. He's like, a, yeah. um, he's a young researcher. Like he, I, I was telling him, I was like, I really like, I, I think I like what he's doing because he has that project Batek going on that he's doing where they're analyzing like crash, crash site um, uh, specimens. Like, you know, I, I guess like if, a, if there's a, a UFO landing they're they're looking for like, you know, debris or not debris, but like, um, you know, uh, residue that it might've left on right. the ground so they can analyze it. Do you guys do similar stuff? Oh yeah, absolutely. We do trace evidence research. We do landing site investigations. We do investigations where UFOs have affected an area, but not landed. Uh, in other words, just uh, a case that comes to mind is that some glittery substance came out of UFO and landed on uh, the trees and brush in the area. And this was in Sugar Creek, Missouri. And when we got there, we knew exactly where that UFO had been because the other foliage was normal. But this foliage had curled up leaves and it had a bioluminescent substance on it. So something had happened to it. That's yeah, so. fascinating. But I, what, I, I had someone on my show yesterday, and I, I totally respect his ideas, but I'm more in, like, the camp that I think the, a lot of these are alien. Like, I really believe that ETs are visiting us. I really, truly believe that. Um, I don't have any proof. I'm not an experiencer myself, but, like, I like to interview people like yourself because when I talk to people like yourself, it, it verifies that there's something going on. Like, I'll give you an example. Like my guest yesterday was saying that a lot of these craft are government. And I was like, well, I, they could be government, but I don't think it's all government. I think a lot of it's ET. I, I think it might be a mix. Like how do we even differentiate or is there a way to differentiate in your, in your opinion? Well, a lot of times it's extremely difficult and you can't, but um, I am in the camp where I believe that there is a lot of government stuff going on. And they've probably back engineered things that they have, you know, that are ET, and uh, they then they've created created very very advanced technology. And of course, you know, our government isn't going to tell us anything that was invented in the last fifty years. They're going to keep that close, and then they'll let us know about something that's you know we, we say we're fifty years behind as far as what they're telling us. Um, but I also believe there is a lot of ET, uh, craft and these, when you see one that's unmistakable, it would be something like something disappears and it's moving very slowly. And then it takes off at light speed or it changes directions. It might be going very, very, very fast and then changes at a 90 degree angle. You know that a human being cannot live through that. So, uh, so that, you know. That's that's ET. That's not us. I, I now, agree. That, that's what I think. Fast, I think it's a mix. Yeah, but extremely fast craft. I will tell you this. I think some of the, our stuff can go a lot faster than what they're telling us. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, um, what I was going to ask you was, uh, you're a part of the Experience or Resource team. Like, I'm trying to make our interview a little bit different than your Journey to Truth interview. I want to ask you a little bit different stuff. Sure. Um, but like, so. 
Um, what are your thoughts on the abduction phenomena or, or a lot of people like to call it the contact phenomena because a lot of people don't feel comfortable with the word abduction anymore. But I still get emails from people, you know, because I have this podcast, I get emails from people that are very traumatized. They don't even want to come on my show. They just want to share their story with me because they don't yeah. understand what's happening. You know, and a lot of people, there is some people, not a lot of people, some people say that like the negative ETs have left. I, I'm not very sure about that. Man, I think maybe they might have left, but like, I think some are still sneaking through because why else? I mean, I do believe there's my labs too. I, I'm, a, I, I'm not dumb. I'm not, you know, yeah. but, but I, but what, what are your thoughts on the whole contact phenomena from the contactees to the abductees to, you know? Well, as far as, my personal experience, but then all of the investigations I've done, people I've spoken with, I am certain that there is ET contact. Uh, there are some negative ones, but by far, most of the uh, experiences that people have are either a neutral experience or a positive one. It's uh, ETs coming to work on them for healing purposes or uh, just to basically keep track of them in some cases where they're observing and then they leave. Uh, by far, the uh, only a small percentage of the cases would be a negative experience where they felt like they were being taken against their will. And the other thing is that people who, in the beginning, the first part of their life, they might perceive something to be negative. And then later on in life, uh, as they get older, they say, well, you know, now I think something different. And, uh, and for example, we could take Travis Walton. He completely changed his uh, perception of what happened to him. He says, now I think they were trying to help me because they injured me and, and they wanted to, um, you know, do something as far as medical is concerned to say, actually save his life. And so uh, as time goes on, a person's perception about their experiences will probably change. Yeah. Cause it's maybe it's like a, a, a thing of that. They're not understanding their experience. Yeah. And it's difficult to understand here. You have, you might be in a half sleep state or you might be waking up and going back to sleep and, and you see weird things around you. Um, you know, you might see a, a metal table you're lying on and, and creatures coming at you and just, you know, scary stuff because they're non-human. If you see a non-human, that's going to freak anybody out. Uh, but, we, you know, we don't have 100% understanding of what is happening. All we know is we are being visited. People are being contacted. Some people have physical contact in some way. Um, and, you know, basically that is who or what they are and why they're here. The entire reason uh, is still up for debate. And, you know, I've got my own opinions about that. And uh, some ETs have actually spoken to me. I've had communication with them. Um, I know there are some negative ETs. I know one of the reasons they're here is to, is for resources that our planet has that they mine. And then they, they take, uh, crystals are a big one. They, you know, metals, but also crystals. And that's why we've got a lot of activity going on in Arkansas. Um, they're, uh, they've got hybrid programs 
And from what I understand, there are many, many hybrids on Earth that look human enough to pass for human. And so they're walking among us and they're learning from us. There's just That's a myriad. That's what David Jacobs says, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fascinating. That, like, I, 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 I was trying to talk to someone about the hybrid program last night, and I, I find it really fascinating. That, like, I wonder. I, but look, let me ask you this: Like, when did your ET contact start? Because there was obviously a reason why you wanted to join the Experience and Resource Team, and I know you've had interactions with Valiant Thor, but have you had other interactions that started before that that kind of prompted you to, to, to be interested in this? Actually, I well, I had my first bona fide UFO sighting when I was 17. And my whole family saw this large cylindrical silver craft. And uh, it, it paced our car, as it, and I was driving at the time. And I got up to 80 miles an hour, and it just stayed with it. And then I slowed down to 50, and it stayed. So then all of a sudden, it was just gone. And we didn't know what happened. We didn't see it leave. And so I think that may have been like possibly an abduction experience. Um, but after that, my, my first ET encounter in person was Val Thor in 1985. But then later uh, into the late nineties and early two thousands, I started having experiences where uh, for instance, I had, a problem with my feet at one point and they were hurting and I couldn't walk on them and the doctors could not figure it out. I'd been to a specialist and my regular doctor and they couldn't figure it out. And so um, I had heard that when you meditate or before you go to bed at night, if you ask for any benevolent beings that would like to come help to come in and you don't specify what that is, Okay, you don't specify it's human, just say benevolent beings, uh, that they'll sometimes help. So I that's what I did, and I fell asleep, and then I suddenly felt a sharp pinch in my left calf, like a needle was going down to the bone. And it woke me up, and when I opened my eyes, I saw two gray ETs, about four feet tall, um, thin with long uh, faces and one of them had his hands out like this in over my feet in front of my feet. And the other one was and the second one was standing there. Now I felt the presence of a third ET to my right, but I didn't see it. I just knew that it was there. And my first reaction was, you know, you can imagine seeing that in your room at night was to pull the covers over my head, <laughs> you know, kind of like a little kid hiding from a, the monster in the closet. Yeah. But that was my first reaction. And I, and I instantly thought, oh, no, you asked for it. You asked them to come in. And I pulled the covers down and they were gone. But I could still feel their presence is the thing. And they were it's in the morning. My feet didn't hurt anymore. And they had been hurting so bad for two weeks, I couldn't walk on them. So... They will come in and assist if you ask, uh, but you've got to get used to them showing up. And it took me a couple more times where I saw an ET that uh, once was in my room and once was when I was working on a case. 
and it one showed up right there uh and i saw him three times uh and he just gave me this little smirky smile like yeah i'm here you know what are you going to do about mm -hmm. it and uh so now i i am not i don't freak out when i see it uh but but what happens is and i i figured this out later when you put yourself into a meditative state or you're super tired and you just slip into that meditative state, which is what happened on this last one. Um, you will, you're in a different state of mind. Okay. A different level of consciousness. So you can see the being who is in a higher dimension. But then when you are afraid and that fear kicks in, that knocks you down to the lower dimension and you can't see the ET anymore. That it is as simple as that. So uh, when I do a CE, well, it's a CE5. I don't call it that, but it's the same thing. Uh, a meditation and send out a telepathic message uh, either by myself or with a group of people. The craft will come in and sometimes there will also be at least one and maybe more ETs standing around. And in one case, I was doing a drumming circle and we had about 25 people in, in a circle around a fire and we were calling in the ETs. Well, one of the people got up and went, uh, you know, about 50 feet away and he was looking at the sky and saying, oh, look there, there, there they are. There's the craft. But what I saw was an ET standing behind each person in that circle. And they were all different. It was like they had been assigned to that person and they were in contact with that person, whether they were aware of it or not. And I did not say anything because I didn't want to lose sight of these beings. And I didn't want the other people in the circle to freak out that there's actually ETs standing around. We really called them in. And uh, that happens That happens a lot with sessions like that uh, when people do that. But you've got to be open to it. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, 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 uh, I want to get involved in a CE5 group here. That I've never uh, experienced that before. I've never had a UFO experience. I've never had a contact experience. But I like what you say that to meditate and ask them for help. And I'm going to actually try that tonight in the next couple of nights and see what happens. Like, I just, I want to open myself up to like benevolent contact and see if I can, if anything happens. I mean, it's worth a shot. I already meditate anyway. So, I mean, I mean, oh, yeah. you can't lose, right? I mean, it's like, it's either nothing's going to happen or something's going to happen. So it's like, <laughs> you know, but what I was going to say was, um, this takes me into Val Thor and remote viewing. Well, let, well, let me ask you this. Like, I, I guess I was going to ask you if you ever remote viewed any ET targets, but you've had so much contact. Would you have had any reason to be, remote view any ET targets or still have you? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. When, if somebody asked me to do it, like if somebody asked me to remote view a situation where they thought they were taken, I will do that for them. Um, of course, I I don't do that with uh, MUFON cases because we're totally scientific. But yeah. uh, if somebody outside that asks me for help, I will take a look at it and I, I will see the situation. Uh, and a lot of times they have been taken aboard a craft and I'll see inside the craft and 
the the really weird thing about that is that the ETs will see me. So I'm traveling, I'm time traveling in the past at a different location on a, an ET craft and they can see me. So that, that's fascinating. To, to me is interesting, is very interesting. Yes, they're much further advanced than we are. And they also have no fear about me being there. So uh, they know that I can't really affect what they're doing. Um, do you think that I they, uh, I'm sorry, I was going to say, do you think that they realize that we're starting to open up to our abilities because there's more yeah. people like yourself that are starting to like be able to do this. So they just think, well, it's common. The humans are starting to, you know, remote view our situations. So they're, they're okay with it. Or like, I mean, I wonder how they, because I, I talked to Lynn Buchanan before and I asked him about, you know, if he remote viewed ET targets. And he told me that when he remote viewed them, he said there was a faction that likes us. There's a faction that doesn't like us. And there's a faction that like is kind of like in between. They could care less about us. And then he also said he's like remote viewed life on other planets as well. You know, so I thought that was interesting. But, um, you know, I, I don't see where I was going with that. Um, or Yeah. Um, have you remote viewed yeah, life I, on other planets? Yeah, I have, and and I agree with that. There's good, the bad, and and the neutral. Um, yeah, I've I've remote viewed other planets, I and the moon, and I see bases on the moon. Uh, I see living beings going in and out of the moon on the backside. Uh, on Mars, it's extremely busy. There are very ancient structures on Mars and current structures, and I see um, ETs as well as humans on both the moon and Mars. And uh, the, the, the thing about it is that there's some form of life in some dimension on most planets in our solar system and others is the message that I've gotten from Thor and other ETs that there are millions of different types of life forms and uh, levels of consciousness. And that, and see, that's the thing. Uh, most of the ETs that are here now and that interact with humans, there are some who don't, but the ones who do are here to help raise consciousness of the planet, of the entire planet. And so they pick several people or multiple people actually to uh, help raise their consciousness and awareness. And then they in turn will help with the rest. And so just by being in the um, energy field of such a person or speaking with a person, your consciousness will be raised. Yeah. One thing that you said that was really fascinating is that they're, they're having life on other planets, but it's in another dimension. So do you think a lot of times that's why people can't see it? Because maybe yeah. the life might not be happening in this dimension, but it's happening on another dimension like in Mars. Like, like, so like in another dimension, there are humans on Mars. Like, but would you say that would be a breakaway civilization or just a, a parallel reality? Well, if you well, had to Mars, no, Mars is completely physical 3d um oh they, okay yeah yeah the beings there are yeah that's in our dimension our 3d um the other planets with higher dimensions uh well venus is one of them 
and that's where Thor is from and his family and in and their entire fleet in fact that's around the planet right now uh they're a very very high dimension and people say well the planets are uninhabitable well they're uninhabitable for humans you know because of the temperature or the atmosphere but what if these beings live inside the planet what if they live on top of it and they're in another dimension and you can't perceive them just like you said that is what's happening so if we're talking about fifth dimension sixth seventh eighth ninth on up um and thor is is way high he's from a very high dimension probably 11th is what i'm getting and uh but they lower their frequency in order to interact with us and then they go back to their higher frequency yeah i love the story of valiant thor i've had elena denan on my show multiple times she's talked about valiant thor i've had craig Campbell Basso on my show. Um, he's, you know, he was really familiar with Frank Strangis. Um, I just, yeah. I love the story of Valiant Thor that he came here to help us and stuff like that. What was your first um, interactions with Valiant Thor and what did you, how did you perceive him? Well, the first interactions, uh, I was a child when I would hear a voice, a man's voice, speak to me once in a while, not often, but it would be, to get my attention to look at something or to help me figure something out. And I just thought, you know, starting at a very young age before age three, that everybody had that. And uh, I also thought that everybody had sparkles come in their window at night and come over them and make them go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> I didn't find out till later that, that no, <laughs> that wasn't normal. Uh, but the first time I actually saw him appear was in 85 in Seattle. Uh, I was staying there for a while, living there for a while. And I had been to a massage therapist. And so that kind of put me into a meditative state of mind. And when I was leaving, uh, I also happened to have my brother and my two daughters with me. And when I was leaving, the therapist started acting and speaking in a different voice. And I picked up, this is, this is something unique. I need to pay attention to this. And he said, would you like to try a light experiment? So I said, well, yes, I would, because I knew I should. And so we, he showed me a green light for a minute, a red light for a minute, back and forth. And then all of a sudden he says, now what do you see? Again, in this different man's voice. But I kind of recognized it. You know, I didn't know how I recognized it. And I looked up at him and he's a skeleton. That's all I saw was a skeleton standing there. And then over to my right comes this voice again. And it says, I am Thor. And this head appears on the wall with a helmet on. And I only see the head, the face of a man in a helmet. And he says, I am Thor. And now you have x-ray vision. And I'm like, what? What, what do you mean? And he said, I have plans for you in the future and I'll be in touch. And then he's gone. I look back over at the massage therapist. He's back to normal. I looked over at my brother and my two daughters. I said, uh, did you see that? And they said, see what? They didn't see or hear anything. 
and I looked at the massage therapist and he was back to normal. I knew Thor was speaking through him and I didn't even ask anything. I just knew he didn't know what had just happened. We got on our coats and left. And a couple of days later, he reappears on the wall in my living room when I was doing a reading for my brother. So I was in a meditative state again. And here he appears on the, on the wall. And he says, I have a mission for you. You're going to be doing work. I need for you to do more psychic work. And then he's gone. So I left Seattle, came back to Kansas City. And I started doing more psychic work. So what that was doing was opening up the side center of my brain and getting it very active. So I was meditating and I was doing psychic readings for people. And then, and then, you know, multiple times since then I've been in touch with him and he has really helped. He does something about once a year around my birthday, I get something new or something enhanced. And so now at my age, there's just a lot. There's a lot there. Uh, The sixth sense is really, you know, like a hundred senses. There's all these different things on different levels. And you just learn one and you master it. You move on to the next one and master that, et cetera. And you start to realize how much there really is that you don't know. Uh, And so I'm always looking for the new thing to come around the corner and share that with other people. So you're you're very highly highly psychic, you would say, I would say, right? That's that, I mean, that, yeah, extreme, yes. <laughs> I I love psychic phenomena. Like I, I mean, I'm I would say like me, like I'm highly intuitive, and I'm trying to, and and I I maybe I should ask you about this because you, this would be a good question. Like I get psychic nudges and I get psychic warnings, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I'm not psychic all the time. But, you know, it's like I can do a reading for someone, but if something bad's going to happen, I get a psychic warning and I don't know where it comes from, you know, or if, or sometimes I'll get a psychic nudge, like don't go down that alley. And I, that could be instinct right. too. I don't, I'm not, I don't well, know, you know? Yeah. It could be your higher self talking to you. It could be your uh, family who's crossed over. A lot of times I'll see ancestors uh, who have crossed over, but they're still guardians and they will oftentimes be the, the closest to you and be the one saying that word in your ear, don't go that way, go another way. And if you pay attention to that, you'll probably live longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're there to help protect and they have an emotional attachment to you because they're family. But your spirit guides also have an attachment to you, but on a higher level. They're a higher vibration. So you've got, most people have spirit guides who are humans who are involved in some way or connected in some way through DNA, but then also our star being family that we, we call them that the ETs. There's usually when I do a reading, I see that around people and that those messages will come in through your higher self. So that can be accessed during meditation and uh, then the higher self would speak to the beings and then give you that, that information. But that's only if a person changes their level of consciousness. And usually that's done through meditation, but you can also have a shift in consciousness. If you're doing something that's repetitive, like driving, you get like a little road hypnosis, or if you're doing something over and over again, 
uh, like if you're in a, like a manufacturing job, say you're doing something repetitive, your mind then just starts to kind of shift. Okay. There's a shift in consciousness and that's when things can happen too. when they, when they'll speak to you and you'll hear it. Yeah. One, one thing I wanted to, I want to ask you about was um, the remote viewing. You wrote a book on uh, the remote viewing workbook. Um, how effective has remote viewing been for you? And like, I mean, obviously you, I heard you have like, you've found 60 missing people and you've worked on homicide cases. And I mean, can you talk about that a little bit? Like what kind of you've done with remote viewing? Well, you can do a lot of things with remote viewing. It's once you get your psychic center activated, that will kick in. And uh, what I do as far as working on crimes is I'll go back and look at the scene and I, I, I need to hear uh, the person's name that's involved. And then hopefully the last known whereabouts of them, say for a missing person. <clears throat> and then I track them, <clears throat> excuse me, using the vibration of their name. So that t kind of tunes me into them and I follow a line that comes out of my solar plexus or my third eye. And I'll follow that line to that person at the last known date, you know, where they were um, or currently. So it's like time travel and then I'll find the situation and I'm, I'm watching it like a movie. So I'll get everything, every detail about it, the place, you know, street signs, uh, you know, water, if there's anything around, what people are wearing, what they're saying, I'll hear them talking and uh, follow that. And so like for a crime, for instance, on a homicide I worked on, uh, the detective called me and I had worked on a theft case with him. So he knew I was accurate. And he said, I'm at a dead end with this. Um, and I said, don't tell me anything. All I want to hear is the person's name. So I said, well, I'm seeing a woman answering a door and then a man that she knows comes in and he's younger than she is and he has a gun and she's like not afraid of him because she knew him. And I said, she's a school teacher and he is her student was her student. And so he's desperate for money. So she goes up the steps, she goes into a room, goes to a safe, unlocks the safe and gives him $10,000. And I said, it's not her money that she's taken out of the safe. I know that she hands it to him. She thinks that's the end of it. And so he says, you know, go on out and go down the steps. Well, he shot her in the back of the head and I could hear the shot and I could see it. And then I saw her fall to the left and her ribs hit the railing and she fell down down the steps she was dead and oh, then i God. saw him leave and i followed him and he went to a trailer at a trailer park and he had a car that was gray and it was up on uh something and he was underneath it working on it and his girlfriend opens the door and calls his name and then another man comes and i think it was his brother and he called his name so i had the guy's name but I, I approached it when I approached the scene, I'm seeing the back of the car with the license on it. So I get the license number. I think it was a Dodge. 
Yeah, it was a Dodge Charger. And then this really dull, a bad paint job of gray primer on it. And he was saying, I have to leave right now. I'm out of here. I've got to get this car fixed. So, so then I see the car fixed, and he's driving to St. Louis. And then from St. Louis, he goes to Seattle, Washington. Coincidentally. <laughs> so then I see a bar and a woman behind the bar that he knows. And he's staying with this woman. I got her name because I saw him go in and call her name. So I tell the detective all of this stuff on the phone within like 20 minutes. He gets off the phone. He calls me two weeks later. He said, well, while I was on the phone, he was silent. I said, what's the matter? He says, you're freaking me out. Because the woman was a school teacher. The suspect, suspected uh, perpetrator was her student at one time. He was into drugs and they know he had guns. And he has disappeared. So he followed where I said, told him to go in St. Louis. He talked to those people in St. Louis. They said he went to Seattle. This guy flew to Seattle. He found the bar I was talking about. He waited in the bar. The guy walks in. He arrests him. Takes him into custody. That's how it works with me. That's fascinating. Like it's so I think there's so many points I'd love to hit on. Like the fact that you can actually go back to the, the scene and travel there and see all this and see names and cars and like in details of cars and like details of the, the, the fatal incident. And then that has to be empathetic because you're 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 seeing a murder, you know. I mean you're witnessing a murder basically. I mean, there's so much going on, like how is it that our minds are, I mean, how is it that our minds are able to time travel with remote viewing like that? Well, everybody can do it. Anyone can do it if they want to. But what remote viewing is taking yourself out of the present dimension. We're going up into a higher dimension, you know, fourth, fifth dimension. And, and there is no time there. There's only events so I'm asking to see the event that occurred and then follow it, follow that line. And, That's... you know, it's all, the only reason I can do this is because of Thor. He gave me the ability and then it increases it every year. So you're saying like maybe other remote viewers aren't as like, aren't as like, um, as uh, detailed maybe, or you don't know. I'm sure there are some that, that are more, gifted than I am. And I'm sure there are many that are not. It's a, it's a different level and it's a different, um, everyone has a different level of consciousness and, and things that they're ready for themselves. You have to be ready for this. Now I have the ability to separate myself and not become emotional about the scene. And I think that that is a big reason why I'm successful at this. Because I have a block. It's like watching a movie. It's not real to me. It's not like I'm involved with that person that is the victim. And that's another reason why I don't like to work with family members. I only like to work with law enforcement, you know, private investigators, or in some cases where, you know, I've worked with like a best friend or something like that. And I have worked with family members when there is nothing else that can be done when the police are not open to this. Um, 
but and that's more difficult because of their emotion. Their emotion gets in the way. I have an interesting, weird question for you. Like, what have you ever been able to put anything together with like your skills, like with what's going on with the missing four one one? I know that's a weird question, but just hear me out on this. Because of your skills, I would think that maybe someone like yourself would have looked into that with remote viewing or like some of those cases, maybe. Like, and I just kind of wanted to get your input on that. I have, and I've seen several different things going on. <clears throat> One is Sasquatch. Really? Now, yes. Now, I've been in contact with a Sasquatch clan and an elder, and they have told me that they have an agreement that they don't harm humans. But that being said, there are some rogue Sasquatch. And so they are, they're loners. They're males. The, the females would never do this. Um, and yeah, they, yeah, they do. But there's also an interdimensional aspect to this. There are portals to other dimensions in multiple areas on this planet. A lot of them are in the parks. And some of the parks... Some people knew about this in the government. They know about it. And they, so they'll make a, you know, a federal or a state uh, park out of something or a forest. And they'll let hikers go in and out, but they, they're never going to let that land be developed because of the portals that are there. There's more than I was one just reason. Say, is that why it's not developed? Is that why they, I mean, you would think they want to, I, people think that they want to keep the national parks like, Right. forest you know to preserve our right. ecosystem or whatever but like it's well, not that you're saying it's it's or maybe well, it's that it's i mean you know and that's a good reason but the specific places have portals in them and i know of one i know of two in missouri that the government will guys will show up even though you're in a public place if you go into certain areas all of a sudden these guys will show up out of nowhere and tell you to leave. Okay. So I'm, I'm saying I'm, I see portals that people accidentally walk into interdimensionally and they are gone from this dimension. They're in another one. And in some cases, the person is in distress and they're dying. And the only way they can be saved is to shift into the other dimension because they're alone and they're, you know, in peril. I've seen that happen. And then I have also seen ET abductions and something goes wrong to where they can't get them back to the place that they were originally. And they're in another time and place. They might, or they might be taken back to the same place, but they're in a different time. Like a different, like a different, because uh, so, they're because when they when they do an abduction, they're probably taking them out of out of, they're taking them out. Sometimes they're taking them out of this reality. Is that why? Yes. Yes. Like, is it an like? So, do you think like? But that said, do you think some uh, abductions are astral? Is that is that what is, or, or is that is that a good term for it? Oh yeah, yeah. They do take the astral body out. In fact, I think that's most of uh, the abduction experience is uh, they leave the physical behind and they take the astral because 
if you talk to some experiencers, they will tell you that they have the sensation of lying in bed and they can feel the bed around them. But they also, and they can feel their physical body, but they also feel that they're on a craft and they're, they're seeing other things and they're looking out the windows and they look down and see the earth. Uh, so they're having this dual consciousness going on. And so that has got to be the astral body that was taken. And see, the thing is that they can work on the astral body. I had it happen recently where I was taken to a med bed on a craft in my astral body. And I was fully conscious of the entire thing happening. I asked for it and I could feel going into the med bed and the, there was a being with me at the time and then getting out of it and then coming back to my physical body. So a lot can be done to the astral body that then uh, when it's put back in the physical body, the physical body can start the healing process from that energy, from the astral body. That's interesting. So back to the missing 411. So so it's three things. So there's rogue Sasquatch. So do you think these Sasquatch take people like through a portal? Is that why they just disappear? Because like a lot of times you hear like um, – and this, this could be someone just walking through a portal, I guess, like you said, like, because like you'll hear like a guy and his son will be walking through a national park. He'll say his son's behind him, but he's kind of lagging behind. All of a sudden he turns around and his son's not there. You know, and it's like this person just disappeared off the face of the earth. So do you think yeah. that's like that person kind of stepped into a portal or something or kind of got yeah. nagged? Like, Can they, can they interdimensionally nag you like that? Like that quick? Yeah. The Sasquatch, uh, clan that I've been in touch with has told me that they are interdimensional beings and they can phase out at will. So they'll still be standing there, but the human will not see them. Uh, but then they can also transport. So they can, while they're in fifth dimension, they can go anywhere very, very quickly. Well, of course they can quickly too here, but in third dimension, it's slower and you will hear them crunching through the forest. But in fifth dimension, you won't hear that. And then sometimes they go kind of halfway between, like maybe fourth dimension, and you can feel like they'll touch you or you can hear them, but you can't see them. Wow. Yeah, it's that's bizarre. fascinating. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask you about before we finish up is, uh, the last thing is, uh, what you're able to do with like body scans, like, um, I, that's what I would call it. Body scans where you're able to kind of see through an x-ray vision of someone. Can you talk about that a little bit? And that, that I guess that was a valiant Thor gift. That, well, yeah, that was definitely valiant Thor. Um, he started off with just the x-ray vision of the bones. So I can see the skeletal structure. But then that gradually over time became me looking inside the human body and finding problems. So I can see um, not only energies uh, that would point me in a direction, but then I actually see the organ or see the blood vessels as if, uh, you know, better than an MRI or a CAT scan. It's, it's I'm in there looking at it. Now, I don't have training as a health professional. So I don't always know what I'm looking at, but I can pinpoint an area or I can see a gallstone or a kidney stone, you know, something that's not supposed to be there. And then I'll, I'll tell the person and they have it checked out. 
And then I can also see old injuries, uh, pulled muscles, uh, and then go into microscopic mode and look in the blood and see things microscopically. I've, I've found uh, parasites. I've found sickle cell anemia, um, it, you know, things that don't belong there, diabetes, things like that. And then I'll also hear um, most of the time from their higher self or their guides what they should do to correct the problem. And that's fascinating. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm even working with physicians and surgeons and chiropractors to help them locate if they have a problem that we're, you know, a problem patient and they can't figure something out, they'll call me and I'll take a look at it. And it's right. I mean, my percentage rate is very high, but that's all, you know, that's all because of Thor's energy. That's fat. I mean, this is uh, th your psychic abilities blow me away. Like this, I've never met somebody like you. I mean, I have psychics on my show every week. I'm having a psychic on my show in eight minutes, but I've never met somebody with your type of psychic abilities. Like that. It's just like off the charts. Like, I, I mean that I've never, I've, I've just never, I, cause I'm so into psychic phenomena. Like my channel name is UFO paranormal and Psy Cause I love Psy. So I this stuff fast this stuff fascinates me to the umpteenth degree, you know. Uh, but what I was gonna let me think about what my last question what I was gonna ask you. Well, how can we? I mean, is it possible that we can develop our psychic skills like to get to yep. levels that you're at, or is some is it because some people are different like levels of consciousness, or anybody can learn how to do it because we all have the same physiology, we all have the psychic center of our brain, we all have a pineal gland. Okay. All you need is training. That's it. And that's the reason I'm here is to train people. And that's why I wrote the book, the uh, remote viewing workbook. And I do remote viewing classes and those are going to extend. I'm, I'm adding courses. Uh, and so, and I'm also adding other instructors. So we have the <clears throat> Oz Interdimensional Communication Institute, and that's what it's about. It's about helping raise consciousness and help people wake up their psychic center. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, how do people, um, to, to finish up everything, like how do people find you? How do people find that? And like, I can, if you send me links, I can put all the links in the description. But if you want to promote anything, and th thank you so much. Well, thank you. Just go to margiek.com. For any information it's all there appreciate it okay thanks margie and i'll send you a link when i upload it okay great thank you okay have a good night nice meeting you <laughs>